Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast, where we chat everything and anything to do with the world of music. My name is Scott Cowie. And that is Nora Germain, playing that lovely little rendition there. And we are both podcasters and you're going to hear us chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians, just like today. Um, focusing on their careers and lives within arguably the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every week, just about, on scottcowie.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, everywhere you get them podcasts, just Google it. Um, But for now, enjoy the show. Uh, for the viewers that might be a little bit ignorant and unaware, Nora, tell us that instrument that you're performing uh, on at the moment. It's called a melodica. It's a tiny keyboard that you blow into with a tube, and it's a very happy instrument, and it's become my new favorite hobby. <laughs> That's good to know. It's been a while, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, podcast season is now back. We've been away for a couple of months, enjoying the fruits of our labor. Um, you know, try to put a few crumbs on the table and all that kind of stuff. Nora, how have you been? What have you been up to? It's great to hear your beautiful voice again and be on this podcast with you. So anyway, how have you been? I've been great. My book is so close to being finished. I think I'll have it in my hands very soon. I also have a new surprise album coming up next week. And uh, I am playing a huge concert for the author and spiritual speaker Eckhart Tolle, uh, next week also. So I've got a very big week coming up, big show and a new album, and my book is almost finished, so I'm feeling very groovy. Guest this week in the podcast, Lucy Spragan, brilliant singer-songwriter, caught up with her at a gig last night, fantastic show, uh, new album out, and you can see all the dates. We're going to be talking about all our gigs coming up, we're going to be talking about the new album, very interesting stories indeed. That being said, Nora, she was playing in Perthshire, and you know somebody that's from there. Well, I'm not sure if he's from there, but he definitely used to live there. It's Martin Taylor, the guitar player. Yes. He used to live there. Martin Taylor, MBE, not to name drop, but a very good friend of yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's got a real nice, there's a video. It's more of a little mini documentary. It's on YouTube. It's called Meeting Stefan, and it's about Martin Taylor and Stefan Grappelli. And I think it's it, they shot it in Perthshire. There you go. Fun fact of the day, ladies and gentlemen, and <laughs> we're going to cut in a little second or two to the interview with Lucy, right? But we have an interesting topic of discussion. I'm talking about you and I, Nora, for yeah. after the interview. We're oh, going great. to be talking. We're going to be okay. talking about Noah's Ark. <clears throat> Nora's Ark. Not Nora's Ark. Oh, who's Noah? Is- Noah. Noah. Aye. Never heard of him. Noah. He had a couple of good albums out in the 60s. Would you like to hear some Mozart G minor symphony and the melodica? Do it and lead us into the interview with Lucy. Here we go. Here we go. Nora, take it away, please. Ah, got to love a bit of Beethoven, eh? Mozart, but that's right. Yep, yep, yep. He, she, she was brilliant as well. Lucy Spragan, here we go. <laughs> Is this still rolling? Yes, I thought I'd keep oh, your stupid no. laugh in there. 
Shut it off, please. No, we're keeping it going now. Oh, God. We're beyond the stage of awkward. Anyway, here's the interview. Okay, I am back on the Talk Music Podcast, and I'm talking all things Scottish, actually, with Lucy Spragan. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Do, do you know that the surname Spragan is Scottish as well? Is it? Yeah. Are you from Scottish heritage? I am. My dad's from Glasgow. My both grandparents are from Glasgow as well. Um, so, yeah. And most, most of my family live in Glasgow, actually. That I did not know. Right, so you're doing a Scottish tour kind of thing. Yeah. So are you getting an opportunity to see your old family and all that? No, actually, some of them, some of them, my granddad lives in Kent now and um, the rest of the family are in Glasgow and we're quite a bit away. <laughs> Each show, I mean, we started in Stirling. That's probably the closest that we would have been to Glasgow. So, yeah, no, I haven't seen them. Right. So we mentioned we need to continue your conversation about the Wallace Monument. You yes, went today. I went today. I'm trying to do a bit of everything historical every day because um, why not because we're in such historical place mm-hmm. um and I, I ran to the top today and figured out that i'm far less fit than i thought i was <laughs> <laughs> i nearly threw up you sprinted right to the top and those little staircases are about the length of my arm yeah <laughs> um and how long did it take you i don't know probably about two minutes maybe less i've videoed it on sort of uh, fast video nice so it's going to be an instagram clip then if it's not yeah already. maybe yeah nice. but when i got to the top my legs sort of went like jelly because <laughs> i was knackered and i thought how am i gonna get back down like because of those stairs yeah the view at the top is amazing though, yeah. oh it was incredible it's a bit muggy today it's a bit like it's a bit close and it's a bit um there's a bit of cloud unfortunately but on the way up here, uh, someone on Instagram, I shared a picture that said I was on the monument and um, someone said, uh, if, you, if you're if you coming up to Burnham today, go through Creef mm-hmm. and through the glens. Mm-hmm. And we did. We we took that detour. It's beautiful. Great, isn't it? It's amazing. I just love it. I was driving past the Wallace Monument looking to the right. It's just, it's amazing because you've taken, well, when I say you take it for granted, I take it for granted being from here and you've got all these great sites at your doorstep and yeah. you never really go and see them as much as you should. So I take it you, did you watch Braveheart back in the day? Yeah, of course, of course. I actually sent a, I sent a picture of, a video of me going, freedom, up So you're, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of Scottish then, aren't you? Yeah, well, you're yeah, kinda... both both parents were my mum's, my mum's parents as well are Glaswegian. So you're so. a proud Scotsman. Yeah, yeah. How do you think it's going to go, Scotland, England? Are you football? Are you I'm know not footballer-orientated, but my whole family would be rooting for Scotland. So you're going to root for us <laughs> yeah, as well? Yeah, of the good, the good guys? Yeah, of course. My, I, I, I even know my um, tartan. I got married in tartan as well. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. This is, this is interesting stuff. Oh, congratulations, Thank you very much. Recently, Thank you. Recently married. I had a, a blue suit and then I had um, a, a tartan waistcoat on. It wasn't my tartan because it didn't go with the blue, but ours is Hunting Stewart. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'd, I'd, my my knowledge of tartan is very, very limited. Uh, Scottish accent, can you do one? No, absolutely not. No, and, and you're I not... should be able to. Because I couldn't understand a word either when my grandparents said till I was about 16. <laughs> So um, yeah, it's uh, it's great that you're doing this tour and everything. So what kind of material are we getting at these gigs? Then is it new stuff? Is it? I, mean, I think it's a combination of yeah, everything. Yeah, it's a combination of stuff. Um, so I've got like some brand new stuff that's gonna be on the new album. That's I've literally just finished the last vocal uh, for that. Um, and there's some old stuff from the very first album. So a complete mixture. But there's some singing along stuff and some. They're all about lots of different stuff. There's songs about. Uh, there's a song where I make the audience bark. 
like a dog, mm-hmm. which you shall see. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you're looking at the set list there, yeah, aren't you? Am, as, yeah. as we sit in your dressing room, and let's 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 see over, okay? Right, bro. What's the barking song then? The puppy dog puppy eyes. Puppy dog eyes. Yeah. I should have noticed that at the second glance. Where everybody barks. Um, all that I've loved is a new song that I've just written. It's about dementia, um, which is inspired by uh, my wife's grandma. So uh, that's a brand new song. It's pretty emotional. Dear You is a new single. It's about mental health. Uh, it, I've got I've, the one that's really, there's two that's standing out to me at the moment, right? Yeah. Jerry McHale. <laughs> There's a song called Jeremy Kyle. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I played it. On, I'm the only person in the world who's ever performed a song on on Jeremy Kyle. Really? Yeah. I did not know this. And I'm <laughs> assuming that's the tune that you performed, of course. It is, yeah. It's about him. Really? So it's you wrote satirical. A, right. You wrote a song about him and he invited you on to play it. That's right, yeah. It's on YouTube. <laughs> I'll need to check this out. Career highlight, obviously. <laughs> right. So is it mocking him? Is it supporting him? <laughs> um. Uh, it kind of sounds like I'm supporting him. I've yeah, got you. Him. It's a sarcastic support. It's. It, I mean, it's just about Jeremy. It's about the Jeremy Kyle show. So how how serious can of it course, be? Of course, of course. I like the guy. He was very nice. I've heard that. I've heard these because he comes across like a smug prick. Um, <laughs> but he, I've heard through the grapevine, he's really nice. He was. Yeah, he was really nice. I mean, if you if that was your job, I'm sure you'd just be like, oh, you wouldn't know what to do with yourself, would you? If you were, if you did if his you job, if you had to do his job, would like, you do it? No, absolutely not. If he, if they called you and said Jeremy can't make it for a week, he's in jury duty. I'd be like, I'm sorry, I've, uh, I'd rather, I'd rather do a lot of things. Right, okay. Bad things. There's a Jeremy Kyle song. There's the blues song. The blues song. The blues song. Are you sticking around for the show? I will probably either highly likely. Okay. Well, if you stick around for the show, the blues song is about. Um, I was playing a show in a blues bar uh, about six years ago. And in the middle of my set, this bloke sort of called me out in the middle of a song. He's like, you're not even playing blues music and you're in a blues bar. And I was like, that's not how it works. First of all, that's not how it works. Secondly, like don't shout stuff out, whatever. Anyway, I went went home and I wrote that song and I went back to the blues bar six months later and the same guy was there. And I said, "This, this one's for you. And I played the song and he got up and he walked out. Which is the story I tell before I play this song. Interesting. Do you get a lot of heckling and shit like that? No, no, not really. Well, well, it depends. You can invite it, like not heckling at like my own shows. I'd say them they're more speaking because mm-hmm. I, you know, it changes every night. I speak to people in the audience. I don't just like stand on stage and go la 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 la. Mm-hmm. Like I try and just speak to people and like get them engaged. Like last night, there was a a ten year old girl at the front, and when I played last night, which is all about different types of booze, her mum was like, "That's her favourite," and I was like, "What drinking? She's ten. <laughs> but like, just things, you know. There's little, just like speaking to people makes it more interesting. Yeah, because you get a different audience every night, mm. and you know, you can talk about your experiences of being up in Scotland, Scottish family, and exactly. all that. And it's just, you know, I don't. I don't become anybody else when I'm on stage. Like I'm the same person. Mm-hmm. I just speak like I'm speaking now. So <laughs> sometimes it's bad if people don't get it. <laughs> so we know how the blues song came about. How do a lot of these songs come about? Is it life experiences? Do you have a melody in your head? Is it different every time? Um, yeah, all of them. Yeah, they're all life experiences. I write. I write every single song that I've ever released, and um, 
Some of them, like I co-wrote Lighthouse with a guy called uh, Sam Preston, who used to be in The Ordinary Boys. Of course, I Preston. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's a uh, he's an amazing. Uh, I don't even know what the word is. Melodyist does amazing melodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like very lyrical sometimes when I do my melodies. They can be quite similar to each other. But um, there's not really a set way that I do it. No, I just just do it. Just write write it. <laughs> I don't know. So who? Um, what kind of what kind of stuff are you listening to right now that you're kind of drawing influence from, for lack of a cheesy term? So I like listening to the radio, but not like Radio 1 or, you know, the the radios where they just play the same thing over and over again. But like old, I like older music. Like I like listening to Kenny Rogers or trying to find a Kenny Rogers song that I, did, that I didn't already know. And yeah. then being like, oh my God, that's amazing. Or... Dolly Parton's one of those ones, like even if she, if she hasn't written them, she covers amazing songs. Um, but there are new people like Watsky. He's a rapper who raps about all, all things political. And a lot of old rap like Black Alicious or Biggie, things like that. They've got some pretty intricate rhymes. So. Mm-hmm. All sorts of music. I like all sorts. Because obviously it's very creative, the stuff that you do. And when we first all heard of you, it was in that setting on the telly, on mm-hmm. that show. Um so when I seen that, I was a little bit surprised that a singer-songwriter type person is on that show. Um, because I think looking at everybody that's won it or done well in it, um, it's maybe not, correct me if I'm wrong here, The is it really, it's not an ideal machine for a singer-songwriter being involved. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I've I'd been in talks with Island, Sony, everybody. Before that? Yeah, before. I'd been signed to de- development deals where people told me that I needed to wear Doc Martens, a princess dress and a top hat uh, to get attention or change my name to Lucy Diamond because it was more palatable. And I was just like, nah. And then I saw... Um, you know, the X Factor stuff. And I was like, that to me is the biggest PR, non-recoupable record deal with no contract in Good the point. world. Good point. And if I go on and play my own songs, it's literally the biggest, it, you know, biggest platform I'm ever going to get, ever. And then I signed to Columbia. I left because I'd signed to Columbia. And I was like, I don't really think there's anything else I'm going to get from this show. Um, and I had my first top 10 album with Columbia and then I've gone since then I have my own record label now and I literally do what I love mm-hmm. and yeah it's just it's incredible because people that go on that show and people that watch that show think that people that uh, aren't One Direction or um, Ollie Murs they don't think that they're successful mm-hmm. whereas I think anybody that's doing what they love and living quite like very comfortably and you know being on the road and like having actual self-worth and you know feeling happy <laughs> that's that's a major major thing Content. going on a show like that and sacrificing maybe a bit of street cred or people might go oh you're on that show i don't like your music and i'm like oh well i write it all you know i play it all mm-hmm. <laughs> multi-instrumentalist and stuff like that <laughs> sometimes you got to give people a chance because it's getting a lot more difficult to uh break into anything Absolutely. There's um it's it's so so difficult, as you said. Um so by going on that, you're on you're in the biggest shop window. You're in front of the biggest shop window for, for that space of time. 
and as a result of that so was it during the show you got signed was yeah it just after yeah. like so Sony sort of like sniff around they're, they're part of the X Factor so they kind mm. of had have first dibs so yeah. I knew the deal was coming around and I was just like that's what I came here for so I, why am I going to stay here exactly. I didn't want to win it and I wouldn't have won it so I what was what would be the point who won it the year you went on it James Arthur right okay he's good he's a good singer yeah I mean he's um because he, he's number one at the moment actually right okay he um because i've seen a couple of interviews with him and he was kind of talking bitterly about the experience of being on that so i suppose by the same token uh, given that he stuck with it and he was in the machine for longer than you were is, would it be the case of course that there's 15 20 people at least around him going ah well you know change that chord do this chorus um, here it depends because when i was signed to columbia there was none of that Right. Because I never let there be a, a, a. I met Alison who owns Columbia. Well, who runs Columbia? Sorry, and I just said like it's not an option to be, like, molded, because <laughs> I'm gonna do what I want to do, and if people don't like it, then they don't like it, and I'll go back to my cave and I'll sort <laughs> it out, <laughs> you know. And and if I go to a gig. And I ask the audience how they felt about it. And they tell me something, there's something, or I feel, that's how you should write a song. You should perform it live. And if it doesn't get the right reaction, then go and work on it. Like you mm -hmm. don't need some A&R kid who's worked in the music industry for like three months to tell you what sounds good or what sounds like it should be on the radio. Yeah. I was so bored of that. <laughs> I don't see the point in it. So um, when did you set up your own label? Um, I released my last record on that. Uh, we are so uh, 2014 I think mm -hmm. yeah and that's sweet it's like if you've got a fan base and you know if you treat it like a business model which music should be you know if you want it to be your job um, you know get 10,000 people a year to spend 100 pounds you know that sort of thing merch CD EP if you think of it in a really like yeah. you know that sort of way and think about outgoings and expenditure and stuff like that it's a good business model mm. and you often think wait a minute what what are major labels doing with people that have f followings it's it's weird <laughs> i don't get it <laughs> it's great so you're your own boss of course so on the, on this particular label you, is there other artists is it just yourself there's not yet like i've been going to a lot of like showcases and stuff and looking around I've done quite a bit of writing with some people that I really liked. Um, but I think nowadays it's, if people aren't doing enough to sort of like sail their own ship, then I sort of look at it as like, maybe you're not quite like as hungry as mm -hmm. a lot of people have been. Because I remember a time when like there wasn't, you, there was no YouTube. I remember when YouTube came about and I was like, this is amazing. This is mm -hmm. going to change the world. Mm -hmm. And it has. And like, there's so much you can utilize at the moment. And I, it worries me when people aren't. I don't think I'd want to sign anyone that wasn't, you know, really pushing. Because mm -hmm. you've got to really love it to do this. Because there are a lot of like crap bits, but just as much amazing bits. Tell us about the crap bits. Um, Just like, it depends. It depends what you do. Like I did the whole sort of celebrity thing, like went on the X Factor and that comes with it. That is a horrible place. For me, it's not somewhere I'd want to be, the mm -hmm. celeb world. It's like rather fickle and um, manufactured. So, so that's probably a bit of a weak area for me. But 
there are like you know there's a lot of waiting it's a waiting game like yeah. sitting doing like for example not that it's bad but like i'll arrive here today at four o'clock and they'll go on stage at nine mm. and you've got sound take at five and then you wait for the doors and you, you do a lot of waiting but yeah because yeah. imagine red carpets when you're walking because you've probably walked a good couple of red carpets in your time they're horrible horrible yeah i can't imagine like i just don't um, like people looking at me full st well you know obviously for someone that stands on stage for a living like that's a funny thing to say but they're not there to judge me do you know what i mean if mm -hmm. you're on a red carpet almost everybody that's there is there to judge your outfit or the way you walk or tell what us about your outfit where did you buy it all that kind of stuff god yeah like what are you wearing i'm like clothes i've just been back from pre-mark yeah my whole outfit for eight got quid. some socks on <laughs> what else so and that and the heat magazine it's it's horrible it's just so sinister it's just not something that i'd want to be involved in and when i have kids i'll probably try really really hard to like not encourage them to sort of base themselves on that sort of thing either i want i was talking about this i saw an article two days ago uh do you remember lucy spraggan she's still pursuing a career in music and um I just had this big rant on Facebook, actually. Uh, it got picked up quite, by quite a lot of people. It's, uh, it's got like 5,000, 6,000 likes or something because I was just going at these people saying, I mean, it may have been a bit feminist of me. Um, but like rather than, you know, that is my career. It's been my career for, for four years. I'm not, I'm not pursuing it. I'm maintaining a career mm -hmm. that's been there since. I played my first show when I was 12. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't start when they first saw me on the TV and I said, you know, maybe, maybe if they did, so it was like a female, like, you know, it was a female online ladies mag thing. I said, maybe if they sort of like did articles that acknowledged people's um, successes or, you know, praised people that got their achievements through striving towards their goals, maybe we'd have a new generation of young women that, that you know, that can, mm -hmm. that feel a bit better and not have to be so material, but. Yeah, I, that just annoyed me. <laughs> I thought, man, this is my job. <laughs> That's the TMZ world that we are yeah. currently living in. Um, so you've said that you've written with different people over time. Is there anybody you'd like to collaborate with that you've not had an opportunity to just, thus uh, far? Anyone, really. <laughs> I'm like, I love hearing people's opinions on stuff. I like sitting in a room and I'll be like, oh, I want to write a song about this. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, well... And it's good to hear that. So I just like writing with people. I love you know, instrumentalists. Like I can only play a few chords on the guitar <laughs> and the piano and stuff. And stuff. But mainly the pianists, I find them uh, mesmerizing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's no like, apart from people like C6 Steve and Kenny Rogers. That's it. <laughs> C6 Steve is possibly epic, the coolest amazing man guy. on the planet. Yeah. Well, he was like late 60s when he got his first break unbelievable that's pretty cool he's great um you mentioned online stuff and you mentioned great piano players have you had postmodern jukebox i have yeah 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 big fan love him so cool it's great and it? i mean that's um to, to hear those songs getting twisted and you know and putting that swing mm. in jazz genre i love all, all stuff like that it's um, epic it's great so um tonight part of a lot of the songs you've been playing part of the new album plug the plug the new album for us um doesn't have a name yet <laughs> it's been released in the winter um yeah i'm uh 
the the first single came off it, which is Dear You, which is a song about mental health. I did a video with Tom Turgus from This Is England. I co-directed the video. And uh, it's aimed at sort of young men because the biggest killer of men under 25 is suicide. And it's it's pretty dark. <laughs> but the album is has all sorts of stuff in it. Uh, but yeah, hopefully people will like it. Nice one. Well, listen, thanks very much. Good luck with the rest of the Scottish tour. Thank you very We've much. We've now claimed you as one of our own. Yeah. A true Scotsman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, good luck with everything. Looking forward to seeing the show tonight. Thank Lucy. you. Thank you. Amazing interview with Lucy Spragan. Yes, absolutely wonderful. Thank you, Lucy. You didn't even fucking hear it, Nora. Who are you fucking kidding? Everybody knows. Everybody knows our dark secrets. Everybody knows we record this. Nora doesn't hear the actual interviews. Everybody fucking knows it. That's not true. I do listen to the interviews. Yeah, but you can't listen to it. Um, you, you didn't listen to it whilst we were recording this, is what I'm trying to say. But nonetheless, we, we try. We do try. We're opening up. A, we're, we're, we're giving people behind the curtain information, as it were. But you anyway, know what? I, I say it, we're showing them the seam of the garment. Yep. Nora, you ready for this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I want your thoughts on this, okay? <clears throat> yeah. Now, Noah's Ark. Yeah. For anybody that's not familiar, in the Old Testament, Genesis to be exact, God told one man. And this is yeah. by, and by the way, for anybody that's listening to this podcast for the first time, this ain't a religious podcast. We don't talk about any of that shit, okay? But this is just a story that's been on my mind, right? as I read some stuff online today, okay? And so I, th I just thought I'd share it with my good friend, Nora. Not Noah, Nora. Chief mm -hmm. difference between the two, okay. Somebody that's not familiar, in the Old Testament in the Bible, the story goes something along the lines of this. God was annoyed that a lot of people were um, not obeying by the, uh, the Ten Commandments or whatever the termino terminology what? is. So he told one man, a 600-year-old man that he was going to create a massive flood. Yeah. And he asked Noah to build an ark and put all the animals around the world on the ark. Yeah. And the ark would survive the flood. Yeah. So Noah and his three sons built an ark and all the animals just like god said uh to be exact a male and female of each and every species must be a pretty big boat well it was 510 feet if you must know i don't think that's quite big enough we'll, we'll put your skepticism aside for one minute it's not skepticism i mean it's a fact there's no way you could hold all the species in a boat, I mean, you know, how could you keep the fish out of the water? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. How could you possibly round up one of all of the millions of species of insects? Make sure you get a male and female, and none of them eat each other. Aren't they going to be hungry? Are going to feed them cheese puffs? I mean, the whole thing makes absolutely no sense. I believe it. That's fine. Right. Let me read you this, okay? ArkEncounter.com. Now, this is this is a this is a a, a a tourist site in Kentucky. Oh God! Right, you ready for this, Nora? I, I'm going to read this to you, and I want to hear your thoughts. Okay? I can't wait. About the ark. 
Ark Encounter features a full-size Noah's Ark, built according to the dimensions given in the Bible. Praise the Lord! Hey, 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 hey! Please, Nora. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Let, let me, let me finish. Let me finish. Sorry, that's the circus music. <laughs> <laughs> Built according to the dimensions given in the Bible, spanning 510 feet long, 80 feet wide, and 51 feet high. I should say foot high there, but this is as, obviously as inaccurate as the story. This modern engineering marvel amazes visitors, young and old. Ark Encounter is situated in the beautiful Kentucky. Oh, sorry, Kentucky. Beaut beautiful Kentucky. Kentucky. In the beautiful Kentucky. Williams. Yes! <laughs> hold on, hold on. Situated in the beautiful Williamston, Kentucky, excuse me. Halfway between... Okay, you don't need to know that bit. From the moment you turn the corner and the towering arc comes into view, to the friendly animals in the zoo, to the jaw-dropping exhibits inside the arc, you'll experience the pages of the Bible like never before. Now, so that's that, right? So, and you can plan your visit, arkencounter.com. There's a little plug, right? Now, before we before we we dis discuss this at length, I'm sure, right? Let me just say this: I I'm not interested in Bible bashing. I I don't. I, to be honest with you, I don't know what I believe. Right? I'm just saying I don't even think that boat would be able to hold a male and female of even every type of whale. Never mind all the dolphins and the fish. You know, you have elephants. How many types of horses? You have zebra. There's not enough space. I mean, it didn't happen. It didn't, it did not happen. I'm joking when I say I believe it. If anybody believes this in this day and age, this is what grinds my gears, right? You're, you're fucking mental if you believe this, right? You're fucking mental. Right, for a start, Noah and his three sons, where the fuck are you going to get all that wood to build a 510-foot boat in the Middle East? Where are you going to get all that wood? It can't happen. How the fuck are you going to get penguins in the Middle East? How the hell are you going to get penguins to travel from the fucking Antarctica to go over to the Middle East? They would last five minutes and they would fucking the penguins, die. You have to get the species of jellyfish that are thousands and, you know, tens of thousands of feet beneath the ocean surface. I mean, you have to get you have to get a blue whale, male and female, out of the water and into the boat. How are you going to do that? And not only that... Right, he's how many three sons? He's never fucking built up, and on top of that, he's six hundred years old, <laughs> and he lived. And this is what people don't get: he was a drunk as well, and 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 he lived till he was nine hundred and fifty. What he lived till he was nine hundred and fifty? It says this in the Bible. What fucking nutcase would believe this to be true? You'd have to I be a maniac. Reasons that it doesn't make any sense, and I'm not surprised the exhibit is in Kentucky because Kentucky does not have a very good school system. <laughs> in fact, they teach this stuff in the schools there. Actually, in a lot of places in the United States, I'm not sure for the listeners who are not American. I'll just tell you, they teach a lot of these this um, anti-evolution, anti-science Bible stuff in actual textbooks. It's actually in. The school curriculum. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Right. So to clarify, I'm I'm criticizing a story from the Bible. I'm not slamming the Bible. I ain't read it well enough to know all the different aspects of it. 
uh, to really justify what I feel is the truth and what isn't. But you really I, don't live a very Christian life, so. What's that? You don't live a very Christian life, so you must not have read it very carefully. Yeah. Okay, um, but this story, I know well enough to know, this is nonsense, right? It's absolute fucking nonsense. Total nonsense. If there is, um, what I think's happened is, right, because for anybody that doesn't know, all these stories from the Old Testament have been passed down through oral tradition for a period of a thousand years before they were even written in ancient Hebrew. Now, if you've MD seen the language of ancient Hebrew, it's it's very picture-based. It's a very picture-based language. And 25% of the words, they don't even fucking know what they mean to this day. So three out of every four words, they don't know what they mean. So there's so much scope for misinterpretation, They're miscommunication. The entire story of Noah's Ark is like one big long game of Mad Libs that got passed down like a hundred generations. Well, first of all, you're relying on a thousand years worth of stories being told around campfires and shit like that before they're even written down, like I said. So you've got that, you've got... What's probably happened was, if there's an element of the Noah's Ark thing, what's probably happened is um, there's enough scientific evidence within a period of a thousand years to prove that there was massive, there was there was at least two or three massive floods, okay? Um, and so those, the small percentage of people that were still around that love to tell the tale, um, what's probably happened is the legend has just grown and grown and grown and became exaggerated and exaggerated. The, the, the thought, was a guy the boat, but it was probably 10 feet long and three feet wide and it sunk. Yeah, if there was if there was a boat at all, you know, it's probably a case of shit. There's a flood, a bunch of people in a boat with some animals. There's there's a there'll be a, a small small percentage of that story to be true if any of it is true at all. There's no way. There's no probably fucking way. Probably brought two chipmunks, a snake, and a weasel. I mean, it's not. Sounds that like an old blues song. Oh boy. So what's the question, Scott? You wanted to discuss this with me. Um. What I wanted to discuss is we've got a, an idea for the title of your new album. Oh, my new album? Yeah. Oh, it's already got a title, but okay. I've got a, an idea for the new title. Great. Nora's Ark. That's a great idea. I think I'll do that for the next one. And what you have to do is you have to get a musician that plays every type of instrument, both male and female, get them all in the one studio. Yeah. And play Bohemian Rhapsody in Chinese. I think it's a great idea. Jacob Collier, are you listening? I think I'll have to hire you for this. I will give you $10 if you can play a melody of Bohemian Rhapsody on the melodica right now. Okay. That's cool. Thanks very much. Don't play any more in case we have to pay PRS. Thanks to Lucy Spragan. Thank, <laughs> thanks to Nora Germain. Thanks to Noah's Ark. Thanks to all the other sh stories that we'll discuss at a later date. Anything you want to play us out with? This is not going to totally replace the violin on the show, is it? No, definitely not. I'm Thank just having a lot of fun with it. Thank you. Praise the Lord. We will oh, see you guys yeah. next week. We've got Chaz and Dave on the podcast. Chaz and motherfucking Dave. That's cool as anything. Yep. See you guys next week. Bye.